This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. But we're going to hit up the hotline. Uh, I'll find some time to uh, mix in uh, what's been all over the timeline of uh, our next guest, Tyler King, which is Denver Nuggets basketball, and rightfully so with the Nuggets and their victory last night in Game 3. That's not the primary reason why we wanted to bring Tyler on. Uh, We'll talk to him about the topic that just won't end. That won't end, for crying out loud. Pac-12 and Colorado football. What's up, Tyler King? Thank you for joining us here in Tulsa, man. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, By the way, we're going to be best friends because I I do see that you are also of the You'll Never Walk Alone crew. So uh, it is great. It is absolutely wonderful to actually have you on the program since you're a Liverpool fan. (laughs) Yeah, always big supporter. I I love the that's awesome. Okay. Um, I said I was going to phrase it this way, and I don't know any other way to phrase it. What the hell is going on? Like, do you have any idea how difficult is it to find information? Like, what's factual, what's not factual with everything that is Colorado and their athletic program, whether they're committed to the Pac-12, whether they've been flirting with the Big 12, what is real, what's fact, and what's fiction, Tyler, from everything that you've been able to put together? I think there's a whole, it's a whole lot up in the air right now. I think everything just kind of dependent on what this Pac-12 media deal is going to look like that has supposedly been coming for a while, still hasn't come, but the latest reports and things I'm hearing is it's coming soon. Um, and from there, I think you'll be able to see some more moving parts. And there's been talks, you know, behind the scenes between Colorado flirting with the Big 12 and things like that, but I think – that's just kind of preliminary at this point, just kind of waiting to see what happens with this media deal with the Pac-12 because, I mean, everything out West has been kind of up in the air since USC and UCLA bolted, well, are bolting for the Big Ten that will be coming uh, next year. But, yeah, I think everyone's just kind of waiting to see whether it's the likes of Arizona, the Arizona State, Utah even as well, obviously Colorado, just kind of waiting to see what this media deal looks like before they uh, really look at any potential next moves in terms of whether it's leaving the Pac-12 or sticking with it. It's crazy what this has turned into where everyone is now, you know, posting Board of Regents meetings uh, and it gets like thousands of likes. Um, like, oh my gosh, they've set another meeting for Friday. Hey, do you know what happened back in 2009 or 2008 when they set the last board meeting and then left for the Pac-12? It's eerily similar to this and on and on and on. Is it just kind of the age that we're in and the information age where things run wild like this? Or is there maybe a little bit too more to what is happening behind the scene with the board there at Colorado? No, I think I think it's a little bit overblown because I think all that stuff has to kind of be public at this point with the, with the board. Um, I think some of the stuff, probably conversations going on behind the scenes right now has been for, for a couple months. I, I, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it, I think. Um, if and you know, I'm not going to say if you know when eventually this Pac-12 media deal does eventually you know come out. I think after that, all of the the things will be set in motion in terms of if teams or if schools are going to be wanting to, out of the Pac-12 and are looking at other options, whether that's the Big 12 or something else. The term that I use is called tired head. This entire topic gives me tired head. I can only imagine what it's like having to live and breathe it. Uh, as often as you are uh, with what's going on because we've been hearing hey the deal is coming the deal is coming now for what going on six months maybe even longer than that 
is is it as exhausting to you as it is to me with just speculation running rampant every single day? Yeah, I mean it's exhaust. It's been exhausting enough with just Deion Sanders <laughs> coming general. Now you got to throw in a potential uh, some more conference realignment, and that is even more so. And I've been busy the last two months um, helping out with coverage of this uh, incredible Nuggets playoff run. So it's been pretty hectic trying to, uh, you know, keep uh, keep my ears out and trying to listen to everything I can while also covering, you know, the NBA finals. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, it's been crazy up here since, since Dion arrived. And now it's just, you know, with potential, you know, conference realignment, it's only even more so. How much of a um, influence does Dion have in this situation? We've joked here it took him all of one day to get some of the admission policies changed at Colorado, even after the president had said in November, hey, we're not changing our admissions policies, and boom, there they are, they're changed. How much influence does he actually have that's been written and thrown out there potentially of having about what this move might look like? I think a lot. I mean, if he's committed to – being here for the entirety of his contract, which I mean, he says he is, and we'll see how it, we'll see what that looks like after year one here. Um, depending how how good CU can get and what other offers he might be getting from other schools, um, as quickly as after this season, we'll see. But um, if he's committed to being here for the foreseeable future, I think he has a lot of say. And I think, like you mentioned with the Mitchell Sanders, it, it did only take about a day for that to get changed <laughs> and impact. Um, and I think it, it also has a big impact on the Big 12 side as well. It's a massive draw if Colorado has Deion Sanders uh, running the show and getting national headlines um, all year round like they have been since his hiring back in December. Um, I mean, every week or so you see ESPN posting something about um, what Deion Sanders is up to up to in Boulder, and it's been, it's been crazy. So I think that's, that's a big draw for the Pac-12 as well, or the, excuse me, the Big 12 as well. So um, I think he's got so much – influence on the situation that you know it it ultimately could come down to what he feels is best for the program going forward do you take them at their word when they say things like we i mean we want to remain here we're we're committed to this i mean that's because that's the only thing we can go off of right now i just find it incredibly uh, difficult to believe knowing how desperately they wanted to get away from the big 12 in the first place all those years ago and even prior to that and then to finally make the move that they would just say all right peace out we'll see you later and move back you know a little over a decade later so i mean really kind of the only thing we have to go off of is is their word at this point are you buying what they're selling um not fully i mean i think it's just a (laughs) at this point with what the pac-12 looked like then and what it looks like now obviously the media deal is whenever when it does come out is not going to be is not going to look nearly what the big 10 and sec uh, media deals have looked like in the last couple of years and you know with ucla and usc leaving that's that's a big loss that's a massive massive loss for the pac-12 and colorado has to see it that way i mean when they joined a decade ago it was it was a much different conference and um you know you had oregon competing at a national level regularly um, obviously USC is going to be pretty good this year. It seems same with Oregon. I actually think the Pac-12 is going to be, um, have a lot of parity this year. There's going to be a lot of really good uh, teams across the conference, but you know, that's, it's going to look a lot different a year from now when UCLA and USC are gone. And I think Colorado has to consider that, that the Pac-12 conference they joined is not the Pac-12 conference they're in right now. And maybe the big 12, even without an OU and a Texas is a better option for them. 
Does Colorado have the ability to make this move a singular move? If if the deal comes out and they look at it and like, all right, we're not comfortable with this because this has started to grow into a little bit more of a thing as of late as well, which is, all right, Arizona has been mentioned before and the Arizona schools, they have their own issues that they're going through. Would Colorado make this move alone if they are unhappy with the move or does someone else from the Pac-12 have to come with them? I think they'd be confident doing it by themselves because I think they should feel comfortable that they're a massive draw in themselves right now with Dion in charge. I think they have to be feeling good about what they bring to the table. And I think, yeah, they maybe would like to have an Arizona or an Arizona state or a Utah come with them, but I don't think that is necessarily the only way they would do it. I I definitely do think there is a scenario um, in which they come back to the, the Big 12 by themselves. Um, I think there's still plenty of competition, and, um, uh, you know, it depends on kind of how th- things transpire this season and where some programs take step forward or take step back. I mean, but there's a chance the Big 12, even losing an OU and a Texas uh, coming up, could be still in a better shape than the Pac-12. All right, uh, final one for me, because I know you do mix in a little bit of Colorado State as well. So I travel with Tulsa football, and we played at Wyoming last year. We actually stayed in uh, in Fort Collins, directly across the street from Colorado State's new stadium. And I got to say, that thing is gorgeous. Okay, I, because Tulsa football played there about eight years ago uh, in the old stadium. And just seeing that, like I was I was thoroughly impressed. How how big of a difference maker has that been to have an on campus stadium for for the Rams? Oh, it's been a huge difference maker. And yeah, I, I cover them uh regularly. I was at a handful of home games last season. It's a it's a really beautiful facility, not just the press box and the stadium itself, but kind of the the facilities for the program as well with the weight room uh and things like that, the locker room. It's they've done a really, really nice job up there in Fort Collins and turning, you know, make and spending the money wisely with the football program and with Jay Norvell in charge, I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, only three wins last season, but you know, they had a lot of roster turnover mid season, uh, which is always difficult to deal with. And they've kind of reloaded over the off season. I think they'll be ready to take a, a step forward in the mountain West, which has been a pretty good conference uh, the last couple of years, I think. And they've got their own challenges. Colorado state does and having to face air force every year. And Wyoming is a big rivalry. So, um, it should be a fun season to see what kind of step forward the Rams can take. And they are definitely invested in trying to re- uh, get themselves in the proper place that they belong in terms of the group of five, because, you know, with the enrollment that they have and the, the talent they should be able to attract with the facilities and the money they're willing to spend, they should be a team um, that is near the top of the Mountain West and, you know, one of the better programs in the, in the group of five. All right, before we let you go, um, last one for me, because you've been covering the NBA Finals as well. Um, every now and then, we're witness to greatness. Uh, we've been witness to greatness several times now with what Jokic has done, but add another one to uh, the mantle with what we were able to watch last night with maybe the best two-man performance in NBA history with Jamal Murray and Jokic. And and we, we all know that that had never happened before with that duo, but we were also witness to, to Jokic having the, the first 30-20-10 stat line in NBA Finals history. Uh, just an absolutely wild performance from both of those individuals in what was a tight game until they just went um, supernova with both of their games last night. Yeah, those two guys are definitely kind of rising to the moment here. I mean, Jokic has been incredible all playoff, and Jamal Murray has had his moments as well. He had 30 points in the first half. 
uh, in one of the games against the Lakers in the West Finals. I mean, both these guys are playoff performers, and um, we saw it a little bit in the bubble a couple of years ago with a couple of miraculous comebacks, Jamal Murray, 50 point, back-to-back 50-point games. But, you know, this postseason has belonged to Nikola Jokic, and it seems like he's pretty clearly establishing himself as the best player in the world right now with the way he's played these last two months, and it's pretty hard to argue. Tyler, thanks for joining us, man, here in uh, Oklahoma. Really appreciate it. Keep up the great work, and we'll definitely check in again soon. Yeah, anytime. That's Tyler King joining us from the Denver Gazette, writing all things for the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, also covering the uh, CSU Rams, and helping out with NBA Finals coverage there at the Denver Gazette. All right, it's 2.15. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Eli Letterman in 15 minutes. But when we do come back, let's hit a little on the live PGA saga that continues to unfold in front of our eyes. That's next year on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.